This Memorial Day weekend, it's the third annual Healing Field of Honor sponsored by the Winchester Rotary Club and True North Group. Over 1,000 flags will fly in solemn formation at Winchester's Handley High School. Dedicate a flag to a loved one, a veteran, or local hero, and the flag is yours to keep. Visit the Field of Flags anytime Memorial Day weekend and attend the closing ceremony May 29th at 3 p.m. For details and flag purchases, go to rotaryclubofwinchester.org. Seating is limited, so feel free to bring a chair. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 66. He's today, Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thank you for being back with us here this special Sunday edition of the podcast. A very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of Steelers Nation. And what a great gift last night, Dave, the Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, beating the Las Vegas Raiders 13-10 to on Christmas Eve to move to 7-8. and on the season and keep their playoff hopes alive. So, wow, what a game, what a win. So you're saying there's a chance, huh? <laughs> you uh, keep saying that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, and I wrote, uh, you know, long after the game ended, talking about the playoff chances. I mean, look, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's still uh, down there. But I, I don't think uh, Saturday could have gone any better uh, <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, obviously, in, in, in light of things, you would you would you would uh, obviously hope that, you know, Franco would have still been uh, here to uh, to take all this in. But uh, this team had a lot of reasons to win uh, Saturday night, uh, you know, not only for their own you know, playoff lives, but uh, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and uh, the honoring of Franco Harris and his jersey being retired. And unfortunately, that honoring included uh, honoring his passing as well, too. So, uh, you know, kind of bittersweet all in all, right? You know, but sure. uh, they uh, they did what they had to do and, you know, in dramatic fashion at that and Everybody can wake up uh, uh, Sunday, Christmas morning and, you know, feel pretty good, uh, I I think, right now in light of everything. Absolutely. And this is why we love sports, Dave, because 50 years ago, the Steelers beat the Raiders scoring 13 points, winning the game with less than a minute to go on a touchdown by a rookie. And then 50 years later, they do the same. There was no immaculate reception, 2.0, nothing that dramatic and historic, but the parallels are kind of eerie. Um, and it just, just was a really cool moment in atmosphere last night. It's weird how things kind of work out that way. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how the stars align on, 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 on certain things and, uh, a lot of emotion, obviously, uh, last night. And, and, and once again, I mean, the, you know, this was a big game, you know, the, the Franco stuff aside, and the 50th anniversary uh, of the Immaculate Reception aside, I mean, this was this was a this was a big game overall, and uh, it was kind of you know it wasn't wasn't all that great of a of a game you know overall probably from it from an execution standpoint, 
but you know, when it mattered, mattered the most, you know, they, they drove down the field and, you know, I kind of consider it a, uh, a grow. Oh, Mike Thomas, so many words said, said, you know, this was a grow up game for the Steelers. And, and it really was, uh, I, I feel because, uh, and, and Kenny Pickett as well, too. I mean, uh, freezing cold, you're down, you haven't been able to, 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 to get into the end zone all game. And, you know, the, the game's on the line and you go down and, and, and you deliver a touchdown like that. So, uh, you know, kudos to, uh, to Kenny Pickett and, uh, you know, what worried about him being poised, right? I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't his first time playing in that stadium in a big <laughs> game and, 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 in big moments, uh, such as that, but, uh, uh, he was poised and, you know, they, they, they executed, got to, got to, you know, move the football, Najee, a couple of nice, uh, uh, yards after catch fire mooth and, uh, obviously the big play into the end zone, uh, uh, on, on the post to, uh, 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 George Pickens, who, you know, really nice stemming of the route there. And, uh, interesting to see the, it, it will be interesting to see kind of the end zone view, see if Kenny, uh, looked like that safety got held in the middle of the field somehow. Uh, maybe it was by his eyes. I don't know. Maybe it was by, uh, Pickens widening it, widening that thing out, but, uh, yeah, big win. The reason beyond the emotions of the game and the weight of the game, I picked Pittsburgh to beat the Raiders. And of course, we both picked, I think most people picked the Steelers to win. But the the football reason for it was because the Steelers find ways to win those close games. And granted, they came into this one, what, five and five on the year, one possession games. But the Raiders had consistently blown leads, consistently lost late. And they had never been a team that's been able to finish down the stretch, at least not this season in Pittsburgh was able to, and it certainly was ugly and messy and frustrating for most of the game. But when the game was on the line, it was Pittsburgh making the plays. And they've consistently done that better than the Raiders this year. And that's why I picked Pittsburgh. And that's what happened. So um, let's start here with the Steelers defense, because I think although it was Kenny Pickett leading that great game winning drive, if it wasn't for the play of the Steelers defense, especially in the second half, there is no opportunity for a game-winning drive, this defense, Dave, played played like the 70s. I mean, they played lights out. Yeah, you know, Sands, the uh, opening drive there where, man, they come out, you you knew that they had to, to sh- shut down, you know, Josh Jacobs in this game. And uh, the Raiders got things going early on the ground, and Jacobs seemed to be running at will and downhill. And uh, the Raiders, you know, converted, you know, a couple of big third downs there. You know, how, how, how do you, how do you not get off the field? And what was it like a third and 13 or third and 17? I forget exactly what it was, you know, to a little dump off pass to, to a backup, uh, to a backup running back. And you let him convert and, uh, uh, the touchdown, uh, you know, pass the Renfro over to the right side. I mean, Cameron Sutton just met yes, you want to talk about a game of inches. Mm-hmm. Uh he just missed that. Then, you know, a, a kind of a you know missed tackle opportunity, I guess you could call it over there. And then they're up uh seven nothing. And uh after that though, they 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 really did kind of uh uh settle down. Now the Raiders still uh moved the ball at certain points uh, of of the game, but uh you know, they only managed one more field goal, and that was at the end of the half. And I, and that's another situation that, man, you 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 kick the football back to them with a minute forty nine left, and you're thinking, all right, let's just get off the field and 
uh, at, at worst, just go into the locker room without giving up any more points and, 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 and get the opening kickoff in the second half. Uh, they gave up a big play to, uh, to Waller, uh, but, you know, that was really – that was the only explosive play that the defense gave up in the game. Uh, and, unfortunately, that that obviously ended in three points there. But, really, from that point forward, man, uh, just it really was lights-out defense. When you come out in uh, the Raiders' first possession that they got the ball in the second half, you know, one play, get an interception there. The next one was only five plays and an interception. And from there, it was six plays, five plays, three plays, two plays. and. Uh, how many plays is that? Let's see. That's six, 12, uh, 22 plays Raiders ran in the second half on six possessions. Mm. And three of those ended in interceptions. And so they were short drives and, and yeah, Pittsburgh's defense. I mean, at, at some point last night, I was wondering how many times can this Steelers defense be asked to make a stand <laughs> and step up? Eventually, they're going to have to break. The Raiders have too much firepower and Pittsburgh answered the call. Every single time, I mean, every single time in that second half, they were as dominant as dominant can be run game, pass game, getting pressure, taking the football away. Um, even when uh, off the Kenny Pickett interception, Raiders have good field position, get the interception literally the next play off that tip drill uh, pick by Arthur Millette. You cannot sing their praises enough. And the man that played the best of a very good defensive performance was Cam Hayward, who had the best game of his season with two sacks and a very colorful stat line but maybe one of the best games of his entire career. He was a guy that understood the weight of the moment last night from the very first snap and, and played like it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, boy, that, uh, that, that bull rush of his uh, early on to, to get that sack and really, you know, in, in essence through, through, through the uh, left guard into car to help, <laughs> help get the sack there and uh, was, was winning his battles when he needed to win. And I think even on, uh, uh, on, on, on what the Highsmith snap uh, or sack, uh, uh, what Hayward responsible really for the for, for for the for the main pressure on that play uh, there, but uh, yeah, it was just a tremendous game on his part. Uh, and statistically, it, it 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 stands out as well too, as you you pointed out. Lovingly, in an article this morning that I did breaking down some of the bull rushes that Hayward had in this game on his sacks, I called Kim Hayward uh, Freddy Krueger because he lives in rookie left guards nightmares. Uh, aside from Cole Strange, we won't talk about that. But aside from him, that was Dylan Parham, the rookie left guard, who's played well for the Raiders. Vinny on Friday talked about how good of a season Parham was having, and Hayward schooled him pass game, run game. I mean, it was just a complete dominant performance. And so for anybody who thought, is Hayward getting too old? Is he over the hill? Is there regression resounding? No, last night. Yeah, quite the answer too from not get, getting in the Pro Bowl too, right? You know, <laughs> Good point. Uh, 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 on top of it, there. Uh, look, I mean, uh, I I didn't think Derek Carr was all that great. I mean, he he you know missed several throws, but uh, a couple of those interceptions there were off the the hands of his players and all, and. Uh, it obviously wasn't good enough in there, but, uh, you know, pressure and, uh, you know, I, what was the stat going into this game about De uh, Derek Carr in, in uh, uh, 32 or or, uh, or less degree weather, something like 0-4 or 0-5. And, uh, look, I mean, they uh, – and, and, you know, 
props to them for shutting down not only Josh Jacobs, but, yeah. but uh, Devontae Adams as well, too. And that that was something that really needed to happen uh, in this game. You know, going into this thing, you think, oh, blistery conditions. At least I did. I thought, man, it's going to be run, run, run. You're not going to see a lot of passing in this game. But I guess the win wasn't uh, that bad. I mean, both both these teams uh, really came out and said, Hey, we, we, we think we can throw in these, in this game. And, uh, you know, as, as mentioned, the Raiders had the big play to Waller, but, uh, and then obviously the touchdown to, uh, to Renfro Renfro, but outside of that, you know, they, they, they really didn't do all that much of damage, uh, in the passing game. Sure. There was that dump off that we mentioned early you know, on, on the third down, but, uh, that's, that's just a lack of rallying to the football and, and, and making the tackle, uh, you know, uh, short of the chains in that situation there, but, uh, uh, kudos all around I me. Mean, there were a couple that, that, you know, car probably should have hit too, right. Sure, uh, the sure. one in kind of like a cover two hole shot, I guess, over the top of, 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 of Sutton. And, uh, but look, I mean, the, the other play, the other team gets paid to play as well too. And it's up to them to make, make plays in like Mike Thomas says, weighty downs or weighty situations. And, uh, they certainly, uh, didn't do that in the second half of that game. Usually when we talk about facing an opponent, superstars, their top guys, you talk about minimizing, not stopping because you understand they're going to be involved in their game plan. their top players for a reason. They're going to get theirs, but frankly, Dave, Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams, to your point, were completely stopped last night. Jacobs, 15 carries, 44 yards, his worst yards per carry output of the season by far, 2.9. Devonta Adams, two receptions, 15 yards mm. on nine targets. Carr wanted to give him the football. I think he missed a couple he would like to have back, but mm-hmm. two for 15 for Adams in this one. One of the best receivers in football. Waller had the big catch, but aside from that, he was quiet. I was worried Renfro was going to be the annoying thorn in the Steelers side and he kind of was but you'd rather lose to Hunter Renfro than Devontae Adams and so their stars were not just minimized on Saturday night they were shut down yeah and my five keys I said uh, no 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 birthday celebrations for Devontae Adams uh, oh, it was his birthday yeah it was his birthday oh. uh so you know I kind of uh played along with that in 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 my five keys post along with my no joshing around Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when it came to Josh Jacobs there, but you know, the, the you know, the two, I mean, it, it, it was no secret going into this thing who you kind of had to stop. And that was, uh, the big plays from Devon, uh, Devonte Adams and, 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 and the running game attached to, to, uh, to Josh Jacobs and the, uh, and I think I even said, you know, uh, in the show the other day, the Friday show that you gotta, you gotta make car and those other those other players beat you. And, uh, it was a huge, it was a huge, you know, boom for them to get guys like Waller and Renfro back for, uh, you know, starting last week and then into this game, uh, they probably thought, man, we get those two guys back now at this point, we can make a run at this thing. And I'm with you. I, well, I, I was, I was, I was a little bit more worried about Waller than I was, Renfro and especially with uh with Terrell uh Terrell Edmonds being inactive for this game right. you know we we kind of wondered that uh, of all the guys on the injury report you know that's that's probably the guy to watch when you know Edmonds when it, and he obviously ended up uh uh being inactive for the game uh because of that uh, hamstring injury there so within that I thought mm, you know what are they going to do with uh and you know Miles Jack was banged up but but he did play uh they had him I guess on a, on a snap count of some, some, uh, some 
you know, some degree there because uh, Robert Splane played every snap in that game. If you can believe he did. it. Yeah. Wow. yeah that, that's what the game book says there. Uh, uh, and it did feel like uh, Robert Splane was on the field quite a bit there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, look, I mean, the, uh, I, Mike Tomlin after the game, you know, said, look, the, the, the plan was to take away Jacobs and Adams. And you know, as you pointed out, man, two catches. Wow. Uh, for Adams. Big. Yeah. I'm- I mean, most coaches say our plan is to take away Adams and Jacobs. Most coaches can't do that just because it's Adams and it's Jacobs. And for Pittsburgh, for all their awards, they've done over the Tomlin era a really good job of making teams play left-handed, take away their stars and make other guys win. And sometimes Pittsburgh loses to those other guys. But I think about that game against the Rams, I think in 2019, Cooper Cup held out a catch. I mean, just stuff like that, where he, they will they do a great job of taking away your top weapons, make your, your plan B, your plan C type guys step up. And that's what happened against the Raiders. Um, but yeah, great second half performance, great pressure. Cam Hayward, two sacks, Highsmith, the sack. Uh, and, and the play of the secondary was fantastic, making plays in the football. I know there were some tips and some maybe missed throws by Carr, but still those tip drill moments and, and reactions by Millette, by... Uh, Fitzpatrick. Oh, by the way, the last time Arthur Millette picked off a pass was 2020 wow. against the Raiders against Derek Carr. So wow. apparently that is Millette's guy is Derek Carr. Um, and then Cam Sutton. I mean, I know he had those drops in the Dolphins game. Everybody on the defense did that night, but he has had some incredible catches for interceptions this year. He's got hands like a receiver and that pick he had downfield. I mean, that was a that was one of the best catches you'll see from a cornerback. Yeah, like he caught the back end of the football on that one, and uh, shame on, De- on on Derek Carr for missing that one as well, too. You know, you look at their, the, the the four biggest plays that the Raiders had in this game. Obviously, the thirty four yarder uh, to uh, to Waller late in the uh, late in the first half. There, uh, their other three longest plays were seventeen. We know what that one was, right? The uh, uh, the third and uh, third and sixteen conversion to Abdullah. Uh, and then, you know, that was, that, that wasn't as much of a distance thing as it was, you know, after the catch thing, uh, for the 14 yard completion to Renfro on the touchdown mm. and then a 12 yarder, I'm, 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 I'm having a hard, hard time remembering exactly which one this was, but a, a short right pass to Devonte Adams, uh, with 1148 in, 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 in the second quarter there, those were their four longest pass, their four longest offensive plays in general. Uh, there. So, uh, if they're not, you know, they, this is a Raiders offense that's been known to get a few chunks and look, you, uh, and I wrote this up the other day as well too. Devonte Adams, uh, came into this game, I think fourth in the NFL in explosive plays. And I think like second in the NFL or third in the NFL in double explosive plays. So, uh, to keep that guy at bay like they did uh, was, 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 you know, Saturday night was absolutely huge and, and re- you know, uh, a big difference maker for sure. So the Raiders only had two plays in that game that went longer than 15 yards. Is that accurate? right? Right. Wow. The, uh, the Waller catch and then the, right. uh, uh, the, the past Abdul on the third and 16. I mean, that's what's last time that happened. I got to find a stat on the weird on that last time a team had, uh, you know, 50, only two plays of 15 plus yards. And then Josh Jacobs was a big play guy as well. He came into the game second in the NFL with 37 runs of 10 plus yards. I think he had just one in this game as long as 11. And so you minimize the big plays, uh, full team defense contributions across the board. Hayward started that, but um, played really good team run defense. That's an 11 man job to stop Jacobs to start to stop that run game. Secondary made plays, took the football away, 
uh, one on possession downs, the Raiders six to 12, which I guess is okay. But second half, some big third down stops. There are no, no doubt about it. Um, so it really was a, a great showing overall. I forgot to, to, to try to cue in on the, uh, on that long run that Jacobs got taken away from him. What, uh, what was it? A face mask on that? Did yeah, that was your guy, Foster Moreau. Oh, that's right. And that was a, that was a clear call. It was a face full of face mask uh, to uh, Alex Highsmith. Okay. Boy, my guy, Foster Moreau, didn't have a good game, did he? No, because he had the tip that was in the pick. And um, and, and really, that face mask, again, we'll, we'll do Tyler Wise's job for him. That could be a big turning point there to, to negate right. that one and back them. I forget the whole context, but that was, a, I'm sure, a pretty weighty play. Well, yeah. I mean, look, because uh, uh, it was a... That was that was marked, I think, fifteen yards from the original line of scrimmage. Uh, was it? Was it not? I'm trying to find. It was second half. I'm trying to find exactly when. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it was uh, left in uh, two eighteen with uh, two eighteen in the third quarter uh, of the game, and it was a thirty six yard run. Uh, down. That was thirty six. Wow. Yeah, down to the Steelers' uh, twenty three yard line. And the face mask penalty uh, obviously erased, not only erased that, but then it became a, a first in 25 from Vegas's own 26 yard line. So what's what's, uh, 36 yeah, what's the and swing? 15? That's 51. That's half a football field. <laughs> that's 51 yards. Wow. Yeah. You want, that about, is... you want to talk about hidden yardage? And yeah, you're, you're right. And yeah, uh, and obviously we don't, you know, we try not to influence uh, 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 Tyler's post and all like that. But Man, that that was a huge swing swing play because once again, late in the late in the third quarter there, and it goes from them almost being guaranteed or what you think would be nearly guaranteed, no such thing as a guaranteed field goal <laughs> last night, but uh, or around the NFL for that matter. Uh, man, you got Justin Tucker missing them, uh, and 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 all, but uh, yeah, I mean, you go from a situation where it looks like they might get another three points out of it to uh, 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 you know, nothing for them. And then not only that, 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 that drive ended with the, uh, with the cold punt of, uh, uh, 29 yards. Yeah. He really struggled. Uh, he was hitting off the side of his left foot last night for sure. And so that punt put Pittsburgh at their 45 created a short field that resulted in a field goal for Chris Boswell. So to me, that may be the turning point, the defining moment of the game. That's very easy to forget about, but overall great defensive show and cannot say enough about the job. Those guys did the way they stepped up. Real briefly, before we switch over to the offense, I want to, and I'm mentioning this late in the podcast here, but mention some of the housekeeping. As you mentioned, uh, Terrell Edmonds, inactive in this game. The team made a roster move on Saturday, promoting Elijah Riley to the 53-man roster and waiving cornerback Josh Jackson in a corresponding. Is that is that Riley officially on the 53? Is that the move? Yeah, that's the move. He's on the 53 now okay. because they waive, they waive Josh Jackson now. Okay. Just making sure that made sense to me there. Uh, inactives included Mark Robinson. I know that uh, made some people upset, but with Miles Jack, Kelsey kind of expected overall. We warned Edmonds, him. Yep, and Edmonds again being inactive there. And so in-game injuries, according to Mike Tomlin, he'll have, he'll have an update on Tuesday. Trey Norwood with a hamstring and Marcus Allen with a bicep. Norwood left about, I think, first half and was ruled out. So we'll see if he can get he back He left ready. on the Waller play. Was it the Waller play? Okay, gotcha. Right, um, and he grabbed right at it too. I was mm. watching that back last night, and I don't think he's going to be back. Uh, that that the way he grabbed at it, and uh, you know, those this late in the season, that might that might do it for him. 
Yeah, that's tough. It's been a tough year for Norwood. They gave up to partially responsible for the touchdown getting juke by Renfro. It's not really it had that that second year jump. I thought he might. Um, but I, I mean, maybe kudos to Elijah Riley for probably picking up snaps because there was no Edmonds. You lost Norwood. I mean, I don't know exactly how many snaps Riley played, but he's probably getting some some decent burn uh, in his second half in some of those passing situations. So, and then Casey, of course. Uh, starting there, so those are the injuries. Uh, but to flip over to the offensive side of the real, football, real, real quick yeah. about the uh, the one on uh, on 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 Marcus Allen there, uh, I was trying to pay attention as as I was rewatching the game to see if I could pick up. He was in the game. He was in the game. I think for nearly the whole game, or at least until uh, late in the game. So I, I never saw where that injury happened. Uh, okay. there. so hopefully, hopefully that's not a serious injury with him and to mop up what you, uh, left on Riley there, 10 snaps for him on defense, seven on special teams. Okay. Maybe Marcus Allen heard it flexing on the Raiders sideline during a punt. <laughs> Did that happen at all? No, I, yeah, I don't know, but I, uh, I tell you what, I think, uh, I don't know if they're, if they'll be able to identify that they'll probably will on a TV tape though. Uh, the unsportsmanlike penalty at the end, after the uh, 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 at the end, uh, was that was Edmonds on the field, right or no? Was it? I could not tell who it was because he had the big jacket and like the the ski mask on. I, I so that that would make sense, but I could not tell who it was. That was it. If if indeed that was, uh, that's an expensive uh, hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> hamstring looking okay, I guess. Uh, hamstring probably, injury. Uh, I don't yeah. know for sure, but I I think. Uh, that that might have been in. Uh, I don't know if they'll find for that or not. We'll see. Probably will. Um, yeah, that, that, that's I guess you have to be in uniform. That happened in that's the Super Bowl last year where Eli Apple or something came running out and got called. Yeah, for that. I think you're right. Like yeah. That. yeah. Anyway, um, for the Steelers offense, I mean, there isn't a lot more to say than what we kind of already said. They were terrible throughout. They couldn't finish drives. They couldn't sustain. Kenny Pickett throws a pick. Um you know, they they could move the ball to some extent. They weren't always going three and out, but they were just stalling with that barely getting the field goal range and questionable decisions by uh, both, I think, Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin. Uh, but it all worked out in the end on that game winning drive. But prior to that, this offense was miserable. And that's kind of been the storyline for the last, what, four or five games. You know, they got over the hunt. They started, fi- you know, started finally moving the football, but they just couldn't you know, uh, punch it in, in, into the end zone there. So that was kind of the continuation of the storyline, moving the football, just not scoring points or, or specifically, uh, touchdowns. And, uh, so there is that look, I I thought maybe they, they got away from the running game, maybe a little bit too early, uh, there, but, uh, you know, then you had Perryman go out, uh, in, 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 in the second half there, uh, I thought they should have tried to run up the middle more. It seemed like they were having the most success up the middle uh, there. I, I kind of felt like they just didn't lean on that run uh, enough, especially early uh, there. I thought they maybe could have uh, worn that defense down a little bit more. And then, but it, then again, on the, uh, in, in some, some of the play, the third and whatever it was tossed to Warren. Yeah, that was, uh, whew, that, uh, Hi, diddle diddle. Just send somebody up the middle, middle there. You know, don't, don't try to get too cute. And, uh, the other situation I think was the, uh, was a watt short yardage one. And 
you know, I, I know, I know, I know they try to put lipstick on the pig with, with using him in a different way with kind of that flare out against uh, Baltimore. But I kind of had a sense when Watt was in there, uh, he was going to get the ball on that one there, but, uh, the running game overall was, was kind of like they either got, they either got a yard or they got six yards. It felt <laughs> like, you know, in, in that situation, cause there, 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 there weren't, a, I mean, there were some longer runs in this game, but, uh, overall, I don't think the, I don't think the yards per carry were all that. And we'll have to see what the successful run rate was. Obviously one of those runs was a jet sweep at the end for 21 yards to put the, put the game away. And that, you know, I was, that was no, uh, nobody saw that one coming. So uh, that was great timing on, on that one. Uh, pick it a couple of uh, scrambles, I think as well too, but I think uh, combined Najee and, and Warren, 76 yards on what 22 carries overall. So something like around, I don't know, what was that? 3.4, 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, not great. Neither one of them had an explosive run, but it, it was enough, you know, mm-hmm. that third and two toss gave me very big 2017 Jacksonville playoff game vibes, uh, in that moment there. So didn't love that call. I, I didn't like the idea of coming out throwing that seemed to be a Pittsburgh's approach. One, even RPOs, they mm-hmm. were you know, design throws and you saw the Raiders come out running and have their early success. You had the terrible running back screen. The first play after the, I think it was the Millette interception or the Minka pick one of the two, um, just some stuff there. I did not like, but the, the, the Hayward tight end jet sweep, a nice call, um, for sure. And, and he did enough late in that game. But yeah, just some of the approach, some of the play calling and, and big situational football I didn't like. Um, but, you know, guys made plays. Friarmouth made plays. The running backs got hot late in the game. Najee checked down machine, getting some of those key yardage to put Pittsburgh in, um, you know, red zone type situations. Uh, Jalen Warren ran hard. Deontay Johnson making some plays. George Pickens, um, you know, showing off his versatility. We've talked about how he's, expanded his route tree and he's more than a vertical receiver he was used in the slot more big third down slant early in the game the the game winning touchdown um over slot on on a little skinny post route kind of that old bang eight so you know you, you got some of those key contributions from a lot of your young skill guys i got my wish right i said they need to start throwing to these running backs a little bit more and uh i think six for uh, well, nine total targets for Najee, six uh, receptions for him, and Warren had uh, two targets and, and and one reception. So in total, they had seven uh, receptions in this game, but from from their two running backs and 49 uh, total yards. So it was good to see them use the running backs a little bit more uh, out of the backfield. And thankfully, Najee didn't catch that one near the end of the game. That right. ended up working out uh, in 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 the Steelers' uh, favor uh, that way. Uh, that, that Jalen Warren, something, man, let me tell you, uh, it won't show up in the box score, but on, 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 on that one catch that he did have, he did a lot of work on that play. Did he not? Yeah. He was chipping the right, the end and then released and then kind of got in a mini scramble drill, gotten Pickett's vision and made the catch to convert. So I, I love watching that guy play the one run that he had. He's bouncing off a of Mason Cole, just bouncing off the of guys and just keeps on moving for a decent gain. Um, he's got a, a downhill demeanor. He's a big ball of energy. He's a lot of fun. And um, he's had one heck of a season. Look, uh, you know, several years ago, Le'Veon Bell was, you know, in his prime was one hell of a pass protector, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Warren's not too damn far from him, I don't think. <laughs> he he is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good at eating up the grass and taking on defenders. 
Yeah, I mean, that goes back to some of the backs on backers stuff. That was the first thing I ever noticed with Jalen Warren that I said, hey, this guy might be something because the first day in pads is the first day they do their their backs on backers drill. It comes very early in practice. And, you know, Warren not only was aggressive and, and wasn't fearful, he was, you know, succeeding. He was thriving in that environment in training camp. So you wish maybe he was a little bit bigger. He could handle an anchor a little bit better, but for his size and, and just for the position overall throughout, throughout his size, um, you know, he does a really good job. Here's the thing. I don't remember, I don't remember him being really asked to do, do that all that much, at least on, on the Oklahoma state tape. Do you remember? I don't, but you probably watched more than I did. And I don't think I did the official report on Warren. So, you know, I don't know how much they throw the ball a lot and they throw the ball probably pretty quick with that spread system. So I imagine they weren't doing this stuff they're doing in the NFL. Yeah, Fryermuth, boy, uh, he now has 60 catches on the season, uh, and he had 60 last year. And, you know, one of the things, you know, uh, you and I, I think, both highlighted during the offseason is, man, he's got to get his yards per reception up. And even Fryermuth had an interview or two or three talking about, you know, has to, has to, you know, uh, uh, do a better job of, or, you know, just the hope was that his, his yards per reception, uh, would go up, uh, this year he has 60 catches now for 696 yards last year. He had 60 catches for 497 yards. That's, that's uh damn near 200 yards, uh, difference on the same, actually it's what, yeah, 199 uh, yards difference on the same amount of catches. His uh, yards per catch has jumped from 8.3 to 11.6. Now, his touchdowns are obviously down nine last year versus two uh, uh, this year. Uh, I think, you know, at some point moving forward in his career, that that will get back going or at least hopefully go back in the other uh, direction there. And, uh, man, he had some nice yak. Uh, specifically in like two or three of those catches last night. And this, uh, one of them on, 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 on that final drive as well, too. So for a guy that had zero targets, zero catches uh, a week ago against the Panthers, he, uh, he had a pretty damn good game against the uh, Raiders Saturday night. He did again, two minute drill as the Raiders defense was playing too high, playing a lot of soft zone, kind of expanding vertically and open up underneath throws to Najee, to Fryermuth. And so those guys play key roles to set up the, the game winning score. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some of the numbers here for Fryermuth. The single season record for receptions by tight end is 76 by Heath Miller in 09. I don't know if Fryermuth's going to quite get there, but he's going to be very, very close. And how many yards does Fryermuth have? 696. Okay, so the record is 942, which again, he probably won't yeah. get, but he'll be close. He'll probably finish maybe third, maybe even second in, in team history for a single season by Steelers tight end in his second year. I mean, I think he can get at least 104 more receiving yards, I would think, in two games, right? That's not out of the question. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so um, that, that's 800 yards, right? Yeah, if he gets to eight seventeen, he'll he'll have more yards than Heath Miller ever had in the season. So, yeah, regardless of the numbers, I don't get in the weeds of that. Um, you know, he's had the blocking just needed some work, and he did have the drop on third down in this game, a little high from Pickett, but still a catchable ball. But certainly made up for it with some clutch catches late. Absolutely. Um, Kenny Pickett's performance in this one, you know, had it not been for the game-winning drive, I think it was a pretty lackluster game. Throws that sailed high, dealing with blitzes, probably not seeing the field all that well, that interception. I know there was some pressure. 
pretty brutal play, but you make the big play at the end of the game. That, that's all people will remember. Yeah, a couple of high throws, but he didn't. You know, a couple of those were uh, it'd be interesting to see some of the end zone views on some of those that, that maybe went off uh, Deontay's hands and 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 the one to Fryermuth, uh, uh and all like the interception was just tough, man, because he's 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 looking one way, he whips around, and he's got a uh, he's got a defender uh, that it, that it, that it, uh, walked, uh, Dan Moore jr. Right back on top. Um, uh, I guess the moral of the story is he just, he just got to eat that one all, all together. I don't know how much, uh, he was actually, it, it looked like maybe he couldn't kind of follow through that. He just turned and just tried to get rid of it. Kind of mm-hmm. not knowing, you know, not knowing who was there. And it went right, right to the Raiders player in, in that situation. At that point, you're thinking, Oh man, you're just starting to drive again as well too. But luckily one play later, you get to get the football back there. Uh, it was an up and down game for him, but, but once again, I, I think, uh, I mean, the most important drive of that game was the, was the next to last one. Right. And, sure. uh, uh, really poised. And, you know, even, even that drive, there was a couple of throws that probably could have, could have been better. Uh, we weren't there. The conditions obviously weren't, weren't, weren't fa- Hey, there were a couple of those early in the game though, that he was drilling it. Yeah. Uh, the one slants. the Pickens, yeah. The, yeah, the slant to Pickens. I mean, there were some plays early, but maybe the most underrated play was, and I believe it came on that next to last drive, that game winning touchdown drive where Pickett tried to throw the check down left side to Harris and it was high and Harris right. leapt and, and batted it down because I don't, I think if Harris does not touch that football, I think, I think that's an right. interception. And so you talk about those hidden plays there again, Pickett kind of missing high throughout that game. That's one of those plays we sit there and say, Looking back, that might have saved your game, might have saved your season. Yeah, look, there were there are both sides of this thing too. There are a couple of balls that you know, man, how, how did they, you know, how did they land in the, in the grass and not somebody else's uh, hands in it? Uh, it? It this is part of this maturation process, right? You know, there, there, we knew there was going to be hiccups along the way in in here with him and uh, the two uh, the the two things that we've been watching still we're still kind of watching for kind of because he did bury the uh uh uh, the red zone trip at the end there and you know what have we been saying we need to see kenny pickett finish some of these 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 red zone drives with touchdown passes you know And, Mm -hmm. and and he did uh there was a couple of nice third down conversions in this game uh a little bit longer than four or five yards that that, that he converted so uh I, i'm not i'm not mad at it overall i mean it, it you know th- there were throws that i'm sure he'd like to have back but uh in the end uh when the chips you know when the chips are on the table there he was able to get them down the field and uh once again i, I can't wait to see the uh the end zone view of 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 the pickings touch mm-hmm. you know touchdown pass to see you know what he did with his eye. here's another thing is it, uh, there were a couple of extended plays by him as well too you know with him keeping his eyes up too so uh that's another element too can, you know can do you have a he's not going to ever be a Patrick Mahomes or anything like that but you got to have a quarterback with 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 the wherewithal and the, the mobility to be able to extend some plays and make something happen and he did that a couple of times in this game as well and I think since the bye, maybe the biggest area I've seen him improving besides just kind of the general take care of the football, be more willing to throw the football away. And I think 
I think he threw like had like five throwaways in this game. So very much, you know, wanted to make sure he took care of it. And that was good to see. But he's done a really good job of, of scrambling to throw and not scrambling to run. Right. I think when he first got in and understandably, you know, mobility is an asset for quarterbacks. They're trying to figure it out as they as they work, as they try to win. Um, he would take off at the first sign of trouble. And now he's he's keeping his eyes downfield, as you said, as he scrambles. He'll still run if he has to, if it's third down or a big weighty moment or if the open space is there and it's obvious. But he is keeping his eyes downfield, scrambling to throw as opposed to let's scramble and take off and and try to do it all on our, on our own. And then there's another situation where he don't doesn't take the stack of uh, Crosby there when he's left on you know left to come right at him. He just he drills it right into the ground and fights for another down. You know, lives to fight another down instead of what could have been a seven yard sack. You know? Right. No sacks in this game in right. Pittsburgh. I think it's only the second time this season Pittsburgh has not been sacked in a game. And I know the Raiders don't have a fierce pass rush, but they have Max Crosby. Um, now they lost Chandler Jones in this one, and that helped Pittsburgh, but still to keep it clean on 40 plus dropbacks is impressive. I tell you, Crosby, uh, for lack of a better word, was quiet in this game. Yeah. What was his stat line? Speaking of stars, talk about taking the offensive stars. What did Crosby do? on the stat sheet defensively. He had four total tackles and four, four quarterback hits. <laughs> okay. Well, four hits. I mean, yeah. a little bit loud there, but no sacks, no game changing type plays, I guess. I think one of the other things I would have liked Kenny to do on one of those scrambles out to the right, he kind of double pumped. Didn't know if he wanted to throw it or if he wanted to run. And then when he did throw it, the, the defender had dropped yeah. back there. Uh, the one with Najee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if, if you're going to throw it, throw it. Yeah. Right, right, for sure. Now, I will say with Crosby in the run game, I thought the tight ends are probably, they did not block well, but they were asking him to do too much. Some of that split zone stuff against Max Crosby. Good luck. You're not going to have a good time right. trying to, to do that. Um, so some of that skip schematic stuff I didn't love from Canada. But but I, I'll tell you what, and I've been down you know down on Hayward and his blocking all. He did have a nice early uh, cut block on a split zone uh, when he was moving right to left that him and along with... Uh, uh, blocked by, I think it was Dan Moore, mm-hmm. uh, open up a nice little hole early there. Yeah. Like I said, if you want Hayward on split, split zone, split flow, cut block, he can't be on his feet. You can cut him fine. We'll make it work, but, uh, you can't have him stay on his feet and try to block on those right. concepts. So overall, and then just, just a very clean game for all the penalties Pittsburgh had last week. What? Those, penalties, those officials wanted it, wanted that game to move, <laughs> to move. I think along. the whistles were so frozen they actually couldn't be, uh, you know, whistled. But yeah, three penalties in this game. I Zero mean, in the first half, right? By either team, correct? By yeah. either team. So yeah, a very five penalties total in this one. So very clean despite the conditions, which probably is the refs cold and just not wanting to to move around too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, any final thoughts here? Special teams, Mike Tomlin's decision to kick a 52-yard field goal mm-hmm. as opposed to go for it on fourth and four. Heck, I think a punt would have been a better idea than 52 yards. I know it's boss. I know he excels in those moments. But given the weather, given the first one, the push left, I mean, you're just asking for disaster. I think a really poor decision by Mike Tomlin. Yeah, it's not like it's eight yards or 12 yards or something. It's four yards, man. And, uh, I mean, at, at worst, uh let let you know if you if you get the right defense let 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 uh Kenny Pickett maybe take a shot in that situation or and or at least and, hard cap if he gets yeah. in the jump but if you take the yeah. delay of game then you back up for the punt I mean I just don't know what no idea what Tom was thinking yeah li- uh, living in his fears I guess yeah now I think one I'll give him more grace for and this is easier to say in the hindsight of, of a win but the decision to punt late in that game with what three minutes left what was the uh, situation it was fourth and two 
Yeah, fourth and two, 440 left at the Steelers' 30. I'm okay with the punt. I was okay with it at the moment, and I know hindsight's 2020. It all worked out, but I understand being so backed up that right. the decision to punt there, you know, I can live with. Right, because you, if you don't get it, you're, you're, it feels like you're giving them three points in that situation, I guess. Right, you know? right. But I think the 52-yard decision just... And plus, your defense had been playing very, very well that second half. Absolutely. But the decision to kick that field goal, just a horrendous one. One of the worst decisions Tomlin's made the entire year. Okay. All right. Any other final thoughts here? We're running long, but there was so much to talk about in this game. Yeah, I would have liked to seen the special teams step up a little bit more, more than they did. You know, uh, I have felt we would be talking quite a bit about the missed field goals had they had they lost that game. That and the ineptitude of the offense. But uh, we figured it was going to be a low scoring game. It was. And uh, they got they, they buried the drive when they needed it the most. Yeah, and Presley Harvin, three punts for almost 47 yards, had one inside 20 at 55 yarders. So I think he he certainly outpunted AJ Cole. So kudos there. But uh so for Pittsburgh and their playoff situation, can you just kind of sum up where this team is at heading into the weekend in terms of things to watch for as Steelers fans? Yeah, specifically today, uh, the Packers play the Miami. Well, the, uh, to go back to to Saturday, they got some help because the Bengals beat the Patriots and the uh, the Titans lost uh, to the Texans. So that was uh, some 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 needed help there. Uh, as far as the Sunday game today, Christmas Day, uh, the I think it's the first game too. Uh, the Packers on the road against the Dolphins. Got to root for the Packers uh, in that one. And then Monday night, ideally, the Chargers would lose to the Colts. The thing that cannot happen is both the uh, both the uh, Dolphins and the Chargers winning over the course of these next two days. Just cannot. That, that would eliminate the Steelers right there. Okay. So if that happens, if both those teams win, the Steelers are out. Is that right, the scenario? Right. Okay. Uh, you, right now, there is technically, uh, let's see, you've got uh, uh, the Chiefs are in, the Bills are in, the Bengals and the Ravens are in the playoffs on the AFC side, and whichever team wins the AFC South, which is obviously going to be either the Colts or the Jaguars uh, there. So technically you could say there's five teams in and there's two spots open. Mm. Here's here's the thing about the, the, the Chargers due to the Raiders losing and the Jets losing. If the Chargers beat the Colts on Monday night, the Chargers are in. And that leaves one uh, one open spot, assuming the Dolphins lose to the Packers. So uh once again, it, it, it right now it all all revolves around uh, the, uh, the 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 Chargers and the Dolphins. Gotcha. Well, the good news is for Christmas Day, the Steelers are still alive, and by the time we talk on on Monday tomorrow, the Steelers will still be alive, either because the Chargers or just because the Chargers haven't played yet, and and maybe right. they'll definitely be alive if the Dolphins lose today. Correct. So we'll find out. But uh, it's a good day. It was a great ceremony last night. I thought Pittsburgh, as you as you knew, Pittsburgh all class and honoring Franco Harris. The moment of silence, uh, Cam Hayward running onto the field, carrying the 32 flag, the halftime ceremony with um, Franco's wife, his son. Very um, classy. Very classy. Yeah. It's too bad the network cut away. I know a lot of people were angry, angry about, you know, uh, uh, the network cutting away, you know, halfway through that and all. But I, but just very touching, uh, even the pregame stuff, you know, with uh 
uh, even early in the day with all the things the networks uh, had to say during, during their pregame shows and all like that. And I uh, just thought it was very tastefully done, you know, by the Steelers. Uh, uh, and obviously with emotion as well too. So you know, it just really was handled really, really well other than, you know, the network cutting away. Right now that I think the whole ceremony, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave is on YouTube. The Steelers had a link to a live stream. Is that the entire ceremony? Do you know? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And it's on their website as well too. Okay. Uh, so- and I believe it is the whole 18, 20 minutes, whatever it is. And it shows, oh. shows the cut ups, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the former players talking and all like that. Okay, so if you want to, if you're mad about the networks cutting away, we get that. But go to either Steelers.com, type in the Steelers channel on YouTube, and you should be able to see the whole thing. You may have right. to click the live button because YouTube kind of moves stuff around, but it should be there for you guys. And then just the last um, honoring they did, really, with the first thing they did was every single player. And, to, and I think it was a tweet that said every single staffer in that Steelers building wearing Franco's jerseys, they entered the, the tunnel in that game um, you know, before kickoff a really cool moment to see the the entire organization from Hayward to Pickett, to even Omar Khan wearing Franco's 32. Yeah. And I think uh, Thomas said that was Pat Firemood's idea. So, which is awesome. Yeah. Penn state mm-hmm. to Penn state. So anyway, we'll wrap this thing's uh, thing up. I know it's Christmas day and everybody, um, you know, has things to do. So just wanted to, to touch on the win here. Dave and I will come back uh, uh, tomorrow, but, but a great win and a great night. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back on Monday and we'll see if the all 22 is out by then or not. And uh, uh, reader emails and all like that. Uh, In the meantime, hope everybody is having a very uh, enjoyable uh, holiday Christmas and uh, we will get back at it uh, on Monday. You can follow me on Twitter at Studios Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Shout out to the staff as well, too. We work mm-hmm. late on, on, on Christmas Eve, so we appreciate their time as well, too. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate, SteedersDepot.com, hit the donate button. Also, if you want an ad free version of the site, hit the ad free button upright navigational bar. Uh, Uh, Until Monday, Merry Christmas, and as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Are you tired of hiding your smile? Maybe it's time to get some help from G4 by Goldpaw. Their talented technicians specialize in creating brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. With as few as four titanium implants, you can enjoy a fully customized bridge for your upper and or lower set of teeth. You can have peace of mind knowing that the G4's experienced lab technicians have designed more than 15,000 new smiles. You can have a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new confident smile with G4 by Golpa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology. Inspired by patience.